It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quit time on your Wednesday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. Marcus Young is back with the Top 5 at 5. Marcus, hit me. Thank you, Russell. At number one, we have Danny White getting an extension. Dr. Danny. Dan the Man has agreed to a contract extension with the University of Tennessee that will pay him $2.2 million a year. School announced the deal, which is for a six-year rolling term uh, today. It's quote saying, Danny White's strong and innovative leadership of our athletic department has created a championship culture and excellence across all sports in record time. He's built the best team and athletic administrators in the country, a team committed to our student-athletes' well-being and to winning with integrity. He fixed football. Mm-hmm. Um... I would uh I mean he might have done it by accident but he but he fixed football. Um I think that it is good times to be Danny White. I mean he went from what did we used to call him? It's a really uh derogatory nickname at first. Oh, what was it? No Nug uh <laughs> Danny No Nug. Danny No Nug. Because he wouldn't he was going after all the Lakers. Yeah, that was the other thing I was trying to think about. I remember when we were talking about the text buddy and it was the uh, <laughs> In his uh, Nixonian-like quest to have his like plumbers fix all the leaks, Dan- Danny No Nugs to Banner Dan. What a! Do you know what he did? Face dude? turn. There really aren't a whole lot of leaks over there. Not like there used to be. We knew everything that was. Everybody in town knew what was going on over there. That's true. You don't hear a lot of negative stuff coming out anymore. Guess it's easy when all your programs are winning. At number two, a couple players that look to be uh, kind of surprise plays for the NFL. Patrick Mahomes says he's going to be ready to go for the AFC title game, along with that guy that we talked about on the docket, I believe, yesterday, Niners player Charles. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to try this. Go for it. Omenahue. Omenahue, that's it. Uh, Apparently, despite his arrests, on suspicion of misdemeanor domestic violence. Looks like he will remain with the team and continue to play for the NFC Championship game. Surprised by either of those two players playing? Well, I mean, what's Mahomes going to say? No, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go. He actually probably should have said that. Just to... I saw him jog. They had video of him jogging. Really? He was. He broke into a jog, but being able to jog on a field and a practice situation well if he can jog on a field in a practice situation he's going to play now if how effective is he and if he takes one good hit like is the pain just so excruciating that he has to come I mean, out what's what's going to happen when you're running for your life literally as far as the omenahue thing i mean this is what i was trying to discuss yesterday is the police showed up there weren't any marks on on her it's I mean, it's it's a terrible accusation, granted, but I mean, there are two sides to every story. What if it's false? What if it's false and or some sort of misunderstanding? We don't we don't know the context. I don't know that you take a high profile guy like that, his livelihood away from him, especially it doesn't just affect him; it affects everybody else on that team, that whole organization, their fan base, and everything. Over and un- it's a tough spot, man. But if it turns out to be right, and he shoved a woman down. 
and anger and she was just lucky, fortunate not to be hurt, then yeah, he probably should have to miss games. But if it's a misunderstanding or, you know, it wasn't as nearly as violent as she's letting on or she was the aggressor and he didn't do anything wrong, then it would be a shame that he misses a game because of some trumped up bogus charges. Not just any game, the NFC Championship yeah. game, the chance to go to the Super Bowl. At number three, United States men's national soccer team will be playing tonight. 10 don't p.m. Have a, we don't have a coach. Nope. Don't have a general Blues? manager. Nope. All our good players are playing in Europe. A bunch of MLS guys. But they're playing Serbia. Okay. So as long as who is Uroš Plavšić pulling for? Serbia. Yeah. Uroš. Will he be distracted tonight with the the big game? I, I don't nah. know, man. I, was, I will say uh, it will be on HBO Max at 10 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. So those who have HBO, that is where you can watch the 2023 international friendly. Probably be sitting that one out. Will you? Yeah, but um, hope they win. Good luck to the boys. <laughs> at number four. Number four, Tennessee men's basketball team will be taking on Georgia at 7 p.m. on SEC Network at Thompson Bowling Arena. 16.5-point favorites. That's a large number. But, you know, on the flip side of that, when when we've been, like, obviously better than the the teams we've been playing, I mean, teams that we're supposed to pound your eyes shut, we've been pounding your eyes shut. Generally, yeah. What did Haji say? We haven't covered our last two home games, so that would be obviously Kentucky and Vanderbilt. Was the other one? I think so. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Is I didn't think that. I thought that line was too big for that Vanderbilt game too. Though just I'm feeling a ten a to rival. fifteen point win tonight. Oh, so you think we'll we'll just get just under? Yeah. But it wouldn't surprise you if we blew them out by like 22. No, it would surprise me. I think we'll win by like 10 to 15 points. Hmm. I don't hmm. think we're going to cover tonight. And finally, at number five, a recent story came out. Uh, a young girl has asked her local police of Rhode Island to uh, DNA proof Santa. Do a little DNA test. DNA proof what? So she's uh, doing a DNA test to prove uh, Santa, prove that he's real. Santa have DNA? So, the young girl uh, figured out how she could determine if Santa Claus is real. She had a partially eaten cookie as well as a couple not on carrots. What more evidence do you need, kid? So, she asked her uh, police Let's go department. All CSI on Santa Claus? Take, take, yeah. take what you're given and don't ask any questions. Well, you want some, some local cop to go up to the North Pole and ask Santa for a hair sample? Yeah. Excuse me, kid. Mr. Claus. She uh, she wrote a letter to him saying, I took a sample of a cookie and carrots that were left from Santa and the reindeer on Christmas Eve. And I was wondering if you could take a sample of DNA to see if Santa is real. And uh, the, Sounds like we got a non-believer, Russ. I don't like to hear that. She, uh, the department was able to respond. Some rocks and coal next year. Said they were uh, not able to confirm or refute the presence of Santa. That's the way they decided to go about it. After she requested, what do you mean they can't confirm? They can't confirm or deny, but they did say on Twitter that we all agree that something magical may be at play. 
Why? It is interesting. This is a small girl is like, I know what to do. The police. They'll tell me if someone's breaking she, into my she house. She's going to be on some watch list somewhere. <laughs> I mean, she watched too much Dateline. Keep an eye on her. That are, you know, she needs to be watched what TV shows that she's watching. Thank you, Marcus. Top five at five this afternoon brought to you by our friends at National Rx. Go check them out. You've got the Drives Sildenafil special, just 50 cents a tablet for our listeners. And you mentioned Fan Run Radio at National Rx. And uh, we've talked about this several times. They've got a nurse practitioner working out there on Fridays now. You can schedule an appointment. You go out there and get the uh, prescription written and then get it filled right there. Your one-stop shop at National Rx. You don't have to go make a separate doctor's appointment now. You can get it all done at Farragut's Neighborhood Locally owned, veteran owned, and operated pharmacy, National Rx. Some of these online retailers charging as much as $3 a pill for these Sildenafil products. It's all the same thing, 50 cents a tablet. Yeah, you're paying six times less and you're keeping your money here in East Tennessee when you go to National Rx for your Sildenafil. Fellas, make the appointment. Tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Save big on Sildenafil at National Rx. Find out more by calling them at 865-392-1770. They'll have one of their expertly trained pharmacists walk you through everything you need to know right there. Billy Corgan coming up here in about 10 minutes on the show talking NWA wrestling next week at the convention center downtown. You know, we're talking about this arena stuff. That's what they should have done instead of that convention center. Well, it'll be cool at the convention center, too, I think. Oh, 100%. But I'm I'm saying I, I wish if you go back and change anything, it would be well, it wasn't that. somehow it, convince it, it, it was baseball or the convention center. They did a convention center over a, ba- over a ballpark, which we're writing that wrong in the process of doing that. Randy Boyd, I saw over the weekend, said that they've started officially building the stadium now. So. Yeah. That's happening. I'd really like – I don't know. I always thought the basketball – if they ended up building another one, I'd like to see it down there towards somewhere on the World's Fair Park footprint. Well, they had a, a, some beautiful artist renderings about five years ago for a new arena to basically replace the Coliseum. And it oh, was awesome. That. Yeah. And it, it would have been great. I think it was like a 6,000-seater or something. And it had, you know, obviously hockey to house the Ice Bears – but then, like, you, it, it was set up to have basketball as well, and it would have been really cool. I mean, you could have had, you know, Globetrotters play there and stuff yeah. like that and, you know, other traveling teams or exhibition events and, and stuff, and as, as well as concerts and all the other things there. I mean, the, the Coliseum is decrepit. It's pretty bad. It's awful. It's falling apart, man. It's just... So old friend, I would never want to let go of though. I I t- I'd, I'd post the dynamite thing myself right now without thinking twice about it. Yeah, there's lots of great memories there. I grew up going to the Coliseum. We all love the Coliseum, but it's, it's terrible. Take, take the ice bears home away? No, I, no, I build them a brand new one, state, state of the, of the art, art facility, minor you know, league hockey facility. You know, because of that building, their rink is actually much not, smaller. It's not the correct size yeah. for the league that they're in. Yeah. It's because that yeah it's it is awful. The seats don't like you barely see anything. wooden seats. It's square. It's 
I am thinking about going one week in this pretty it's soon. It's like super duper like late 60s. When that thing opened in the 60s? Maybe 50s. Stones played there. I think JFK spoke there. Elvis Presley played there. A lot of history in that building. Every musical act you could think of played there. Yeah, Prince. but it was the the plans were they they estimated it would cost like two hundred million dollars and people were like, no, nope. 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 be just fine. Buddy. <laughs> they, they they decided to put like they they did like a five million dollar renovation. They, they put like a new scoreboard up at the Coliseum and some new bathrooms. Like, hey, look, see, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a little, it's about a little, to fall over, man. A little light reno. I don't know. I think you probably set off a bomb and that place would still be standing. It's built entirely out of concrete. It is a unique uh, building. That's that's for sure. It's so person. much fun. I, I don't know. I got a lifetime of fun memories in that place, from the circus to concerts. I'll tell a very quick story. Uh, when I'd gone there to see a stand-up comedian, I went to the parking garage and I forgot about cash. And so I asked the woman as I was entering in, I was like, "Hey, like, are you guys able to do cards too, or just cash?" And she said, "Just cash." I was like, well, I'm going to have to go somewhere to, to get something. And she's like, yeah, you do whatever you have to so, do. Right? Yeah, so I did that, come back, pay her. And as I was heading down, I saw a woman holding an iPad. And I said, quick question, are you able to do cards at the parking garage here? And she was like, yeah. She just didn't want to I was take like, your card. The woman up top told me I had you to take like the cash. way you looked. Can't say that I blame her. Okay. I just thought that was very interesting. I had to you know, rush to get You cash. see comedy in the, uh, in the auditorium side? Yeah, it was uh That's actually pretty nice. Yeah. It was uh Nate Bargatze who was oh, yeah. uh really That's actually really a, a really good like the acoustics in there are really good. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to see a show. I remember going to see the uh, Knox the KSO, the Symphony Orchestra there yeah. a couple times growing up. It was very Fish played there back in the day. Culture. That's not that well, that's high culture too, <laughs> but it's a different kind of high. I'm not a grass expert. <laughs> music is fairly complex, I think you would agree, wouldn't you? It's a long pause. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess so. I, I, I mean, I'm not a fish head or anything, but I can appreciate it for what it is. Hey, Marcus, what did the deadhead say when the drugs wore off? Well, I don't know what. These guys suck. <laughs> How dare you, sir? What's next? The Almond Brothers aren't any good. Uh, I mean, I, I like. Careful. I like the the dead. Fine. Like some of their recorded stuff. Oh, I I'm not sitting there listening to a 30 minute. I don't want to listen to One Jerry Garcia Gary Sar- Garcia noodle for 20 minutes. No. You know me. I'm not either. I recognize their talent though. So. You were just there to get loaded. And wear your tie dye shirt at the fish show. No, I was. I Did you ever go to a dead show? Yes. I don't really. I think it went, remember? Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember the segment we did like 15 minutes you ago. You think I really I, remember I, being I at Dead re- Shows no. in the late 80s before Jerry died? No. Were you a tie-dye guy? No. I didn't think so. I don't look good in tie-dye. I've always been a gray. Gray t-shirt. Birkenstocks? Oh, I've still got a, I've still got a pair I'll strap on. I've worn them here before. <laughs> things are comfortable, man. I don't care what you say. What is your position on uh, hacky sacks? <laughs> do, do you, do you, you've seen me. You think I'm a hacky sack guy? Well, not now, but... I mean, back then, I'd, you know, probably lay in the grass and, you know... John Lennon glasses? I'm not a grass expert. Exactly. And watch. I felt like you'd be a John Lennon glasses kind of guy back then. Uh-uh. No? Uh-uh. Oh, I thought I got it right. No. Wear glasses. 
No, I didn't wear glasses back then. The Igbenison kid has shown up in the student directory for University of Tennessee. Uh-huh. Do you, Marcus, you find it odd that Russ uh, keeps up with the student directory? I, I don't. People send this to me. Okay. I, I've been sent the screenshots by multiple people on the like Twitter machine today. Somebody called the other day telling us about that, too. But, I mean, if you if you follow University of Tennessee athletics, it's kind of a it's a thing that's been tracking for those of us who follow it have been following it closely for the past couple of days, week or so, since he went into the portal. Davidson Igbenison, it was a four-star cornerback recruit out of New Jersey last year, chose Ole Miss over Tennessee, started 10 games for the Rebels this past year, has gone into the portal and is choosing between Tennessee and going back to Ole Miss and a couple of other schools sniffing around there, but it sounds like it's either Tennessee or, or going back to Ole Miss. Now, he's shown up in the directory. does not mean it's a done deal. Like he's j- That just means that he is registered and eligible to attend classes. Yep. But it can't be construed as anything but a good sign. So, Heupel might have fixed his cornerback problem. He might have fixed the back end of his defense if these guys all come in and are able to live up to – and not even really live up, but if, if they come in and they are day one starters and productive, like, just average SEC defensive starters, man. So, Gabe Judy kid. Lolly on one side and Davidson Igbenison on the other, like, you that got would the be an upgrade. Peely at middle linebacker. You still got Aaron. Got to figure out what we're going to do at safety, man. Is, is it really going to be Walker and um, McCullough? McCullough. Surely gotta, they, I, we gotta got to upgrade, man. You got to upgrade. You got to find gotta get options. faster. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, we are hoping, expecting to be joined by Billy Corgan here in the next three minutes or so. So stay tuned. Should be fun. Talk a little wrestling with Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins fame, coming up next right here on The Drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Stay with us. The Drive. Welcome back. The Drive continues. Russell Baird, Marcus cruising with you. 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming live. FanRunRadio.com, your free Fan Run app. Variety of ways for you to listen this afternoon as we go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. A special guest is... Standing by Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins fame. Also the owner of NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. They're going to be in town for three shows next week at the Knoxville Convention Center. Visit nationalwrestlingalliance.com for more ticket information. Billy, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Was that going down, playing it off the break? What was that tune, Bear? Yeah, it was going down. There you go. Uh, uh, Got it. That's my rock metal, you know. There you go. Who does that one? Oh, man. Uh, gosh. Now you Albert, got me. Albert Collins? <laughs> oh. I know Leon Russell wrote it. Like, the guy, whoever it is, and I'll look it up real quick. But he wrote it for like Jeff, him. I know Jeff Beck did it. Yeah, but Leon Russell wrote it specifically for that guy because he had never made any – he hadn't had a hit. And, like, he didn't have huh. any money. So, Leon Russell, he's a really good friend of Leon Russell. He's like – I'm going to write you a hit song, and he wrote it, and it ended up being a hit, and he made money. He took care of his buddy. Oh, very good. He did his guy a solid. Very nice. Billy, it's an honor to speak with you, sir. Uh, this is so interesting. I got a DM on Twitter from uh, your PR guy with the the wrestling. He said, you want to have Billy Corgan on the show? I'm like, 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not not exactly who we were expecting to have on this week, but here you are. It uh, It's a pretty cool story. I was reading up about how you got into wrestling, and uh, you're kind of living the, the kid's dream like we all kind of grew up watching wrestling here in, in, in sports world, and it sounds like you shared that experience as well, and, and now you get to own your own wrestling company. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and not just any wrestling company, the National Wrestling Alliance, the oldest wrestling company in the world. Um, you know, which I grew up watching. So if you would have told me when I was a kid, I not only would have been successful in music, but also would have owned the NWA, I wouldn't have believed you, but here we are. Um, and, you know, we ran a show about six months ago, I think, in, in Knoxville, had a great time, and I promised to the crowd that we were coming back. So this is making good on that promise. Outstanding. And you're not just some hands-off owner either who just kind of strokes the checks and makes sure everything's not being – uh, you know, nobody, nobody's spending too much of your money. Like you're, you're heavily involved, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm writing the shows and booking the talent and very, very involved. I mean, I, I, I took on this challenge because, uh, I was attracted to the professional wrestling business, but I thought if I'm going to do it, because obviously I'm very busy, uh, in my other life, um, I really wanted to bring this company back. And so I'm super committed and, you know, that's part of it. Like when we run shows on, I get on planes and I come in and work like everybody else. So you're going to be here in Knoxville next week helping to set up these shows. Yeah, um, and what's cool about it is we've run a show. Um, our kind of flagship show is called NWA Power. We've never actually done it live. We always tape it and then and then put it up. It's presented as live, but we've never actually done it live. So this is the first time ever we're going to do it live. And so we'll be broadcasting it the whole world um, live, live and in living color. Outstanding. And uh, NationalWrestlingAlliance.com is the best place to go for tickets. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we did, did a pretty good house last time and it looks like we're going to do a pretty good house again. So we're very appreciative. Uh, the Kazanas, which have been running wrestling in, in the Knoxville area for, I think, close to 90 years yeah. or so, um, they're part of uh, helping us promote the show. So very happy to be in business with them. So we have deep local roots. And then obviously the, the you know, the National Wrestling Alliance has really deep history with Knoxville. You know, I was reading up about some of that stuff uh, today in preparation for having you on the show. And, you know, I, I grew up in the 1980s. I'm, I'm a little bit younger. So I, I remember, you know, the WWF days and watching Hulk Hogan on on uh, on Sunday morning wrestling on USA and all that stuff. Uh, my mom wouldn't take me to the cool wrestling shows like that uh, growing up. But, yeah, that was a cool that, you know, there, there's a deep history with, with Knoxville, and that was one of the names I saw was the Kazana family. Uh, so they're actually still involved in the wrestling business to this day. Yeah, not only that, uh, AJ Kazana, uh, Joe Kazana's son, Joe Kazana used to wrestle for WWF and, of course, the NWA. His son is a wrestler, and uh, his uh, he'll be going for the tag titles actually at the show. Really? All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very talented young man, AJ Kazana, a local there. Um, so definitely come support your guy. This is a big opportunity for him. Very cool. So what you know? What makes the NWA stand out? There's a lot of competition. You know, wrestling is 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 very popular and has enjoyed a resurgence here the past 10, 15 years or so. Uh, what are folks going to see when they come out to the convention center next week? I think what I like about what we're doing is we're pretty much old school in that we're very hard hitting, we're very big, and we're very physical. So if you like your football and you're wrestling that way, that's who we are. Um, just like anything, music and, and you know wrestling has its trends and its, its sort of moments where it goes off in different directions. But I'm a believer in the old school. It doesn't mean we present an old school product. We're just we're molded in the old school. You know, you know I believe you know the 
look, wrestling came out of the circus, and uh, you know the rest, you know the, the circus was built around the elephants, and I say the same thing: wrestling, you got to build around the biggest, toughest people. And all our champions are very, very physical. So if you like that kind of old school wrestling, that's exactly who we are. So not a lot of luchadors flying around through the air doing the acrobatics and all that stuff? Uh, there's a little bit of that, but, the, but here's the thing I like about that. When you have a very talented luchador, and we have some, some young guys in particular very, very skilled in that. You, okay, so that's the matchup, right? A skilled luchador is a high flyer versus somebody who's very physical and can basically ground and pound them into the mat. And so that's what makes interesting matchups. You know, it's the same thing like in boxing. Styles make the fights, right? Um, but the, the core foundational aspect of what attracts people to NWA is, is just big and physical. I mean, we are we are a kick-you-know-what uh, type of promotion. Billy Corgan with us this afternoon on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. And, Billy, you mentioned, you know, growing up in Chicago, being a huge wrestling fan, watching this promotion as a kid, what was it that initially – drew you to professional wrestling and what are your, some of your memories of the NWA from that time? Well, I think for me, it was, um, it was the outlaw spirit, you know what I mean? And that's very much still in evidence. And that's one of the things I like about the professional wrestling business. It still exists outside the kind of normal balance of society. As far as people I grew up on, of course, you know, people like Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, you know, the greatest, probably arguably, uh, NWA champions or certainly among the greatest. Um, you know, that's what I remember. I remember, you know, peak rick flair high flying and jet flying and all that stuff and what what title was he holding he was holding the nwa world's heavyweight championship which is now held by tyrus and of course i'm sure many of your fans would know tyrus from his his gig on gutfeld on fox and uh every night tyrus is on television holding that nwa world's heavyweight championship so it's a pretty cool thing because at his core even though he's got a lot of success in the media and he's just had a number one book out this this last year at his core he's still a professional wrestler outstanding and you know you talk about that outlaw spirit there's a little crossover there between wrestling and the rock and roll world that you're so experienced with as well i would imagine yeah but you know the funny thing is rock and roll is pretty tame these days <laughs> um, uh, i don't know if anybody's noticed i certainly noticed um, i like my rock and roll served up cold and mean um, but you know, a lot of people play lots of different games with how they present themselves in the media. And, and I'm just not a big fan of rock and roll being presented as conformist. I just don't think that's the place for it. You know, you want to be that, go be a pop star or go do something else. But rock and roll really should for, be for the outlaws and the outliers and the weirdos and the geeks. And uh, that's certainly where we came from. Man, there, there's just not a lot going on in the rock scene. You know, I, I get in my car and I listen to it's. I guess it's classic rock now. But what you and your contemporaries were doing in the in the '90s, growing up, I mean, that's my music, Billy. And uh, you say there's just not a lot of that around. Is there? Can you turn us on to anything? Is there any new stuff out there that we should be listening to, or should we just stick to the classics? No, no, I, I think there's a lot of tremendous talent. I think the difficulty is is the music business has changed and the way people get their music, particularly through streaming services, mm. I think it makes it harder for people to take chances. Um, and so they tend to take chances in with the way they present themselves, uh, with their image and how they take their photos or how they make their videos. But as far as what they actually stand for, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of truly counterculture artists um, these days uh, whose name you would know that are still in the up-and-coming ranks. But certainly there's a ton of talent. Um, there's probably more talent in the world than there's ever been on the musical side. But the music business, just the way it's gone, it's become very, very tame. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be on the other side of the fence. I really don't want any part of that. 
You know, it, it's kind of like the the radio business, Billy. When I was growing up, wanting to get into sports radio, you know, there's no internet, so those jobs were really hard to get. But now everybody can have a podcast, and so like that's a good thing because there's more opportunity. But it's also harder to break free, uh, to break through. Do you see that in in the music business as well as like yeah you know any people can put their music out there it's easy to record music by yourself and get it out there to the masses but there's more of it so it's harder to break through. Yeah that's that's kind of it's kind of the reverse of what I'm saying but it's kind of the same point which is like it's tremendous opportunities for young people and and you know but it's very difficult for them to break through and the way they look at it when they make their decisions they tend to have to choose conformist paths because that's the way to sort of break through. You don't want to socially mm-hmm. ostracize yourself. The game is about stacking up numbers. Well, if you're going to offend half your audience, well, then how are you going to stack up those numbers? So that's what I'm saying. The system as it's set up now sort of rewards a form of conformity. In essence, it's the, it's the sound of fury and it's the look of fury, but without actually being it. Um, and I can certainly say the bands that I was associated with in the 90s, I mean, we were, we were pretty crazy. And, you know, some of us paid the price for that craziness. Um, but we were truly radicals, and I and I think that's what I'm saying. Rock and roll should be about radicals, and it it pains me when I see young people conforming to something that's ultimately about business and less about their spirit. How do you, in your position as owner of NWA, manage that? Because I, I'm sure, in, you know, I've read your story, and you've been through uh, some stuff like like most of us have that's reflected in, in your music and wrestling famously like those guys live a hard life right and uh, there's been uh, people who pay the price for that lifestyle as well do you feel a responsibility to take care of the performers in your company and when you see a guy who might be you know going down a dark path is is there anything you can do as the owner of the company to pull him aside and say hey man uh, we need to get you some help well, fortunately, I think the wrestling business in the last 15 years or so has really cleaned up its act. Um, the kind of abuse that you would have seen in the past is really not part of the business these days. So thankfully, you see very little uh, of that type of stuff going on. Um, as far as what they do to themselves in the ring, uh, we try to run a very uh, 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 talent-positive product. In essence, we don't ask talent to do things beyond their physical limitations. And that is part of what's been trendy about wrestling these days is people are tending to push themselves past certain physical limitations because it gets, it gets clicked, mm. it gets social media play, but they're, they're, they're wearing their bodies down, you know, a lot sooner than they probably should. So can you be physical and professional wrestling? Can you walk the line, but not be dangerous? Absolutely. And that's the line that we like to walk. And I always say to my talent, you know, I want, I want you walking, you know, the day you decide to retire, I don't want you in a wheelchair. Yeah, it, it can be hard there. I remember the, you know, in the wrestling back in the in the day, the '80s and earlier, you know, the it wasn't quite as acrobatic and things like that. There was more talking in the interviews, the promos, and all that. And then it did get pretty technical. I feel like there in the '90s. You correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then you had the ECW thing, the hardcore stuff, and maybe that pushed the limits of of good taste and certainly what was safe. You think like wrestling has kind of found its groove as far as balancing. Um, the t- the technical high flying wrestling versus uh, the, the old stuff while keeping it safe for the performers, but not being boring either. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if there's an easy answer because every company has its own style. Mm. Um, 
the fans, you know, and I was a big fan of ECW, the fans like to see performers go, you know, over the line. Mm -hmm. Um, As a company, you know, we have to decide where that line is and whether that can be consistently applied. Um, So it's a very difficult question to answer because oftentimes, honestly, it's the performers who want to push past the line. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to get them, you know, to use wrestling parlance, they want to get themselves over with the crowd. Well, what's the way you get yourself over the crowd? You do something crazy. Um, and there are times when wrestlers come and want to do stuff, and I'm like, no, we're not doing that. That's just too. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> we don't want to have uh, don't want to have any incidents at the convention center next week. We're talking with Billy Corgan, owner of National Wrestling Alliance (NWA). Check out nationalwrestlingalliance.com for ticket information. Uh, the 31st, the first, and the second next week at the Knoxville Convention Center. And uh, Billy, after having been involved in the business for a number of years now, do you feel like there's a different perspective that you have on the business than when you first got in? I'd imagine there were some lessons, things you had to learn along the way. Um, so one quick thing, I hate to correct you, we're only there for the 31st. Okay. Um, yeah. So oh, I, just, I think just the is, one we're, day, we're, okay. Yeah, what we're doing is after we go off live, we're filming some extra television, so maybe that's where the confusion comes Ah, in. okay. Um, so one day, one day only. Yes, yeah, sir. What was the question again? I'm sorry I got lost in that. I didn't want to give anybody the wrong information. Yeah, no, thank you uh, for correcting me. That, I was just asking about lessons that you've learned in the business. When you get in as a, as a fan, I'm sure you had an idea of what you were getting into, but I'm, you've been doing it for five, six years now. I'm sure that there's a lot that you've learned along the way has your perspective on the business changed oh much? yeah yeah I, you know I, I actually started on the professional side of i think almost a decade ago now and the the thing that really strikes me is that just like in music what you think from the outside versus what actually goes on the inside is very different um and i think learning how to navigate the inner politic of wrestling is, is something that you really have to learn it's not something that you can read in a book or get by just watching wrestling products um, and it, it involves everything from uh, the things we're talking about, the physical demands on a particular uh, talent's body, uh, where they're at in their, you know, in their age, you know, in terms of how much damage they put on their body over the years, their own perceptions of their character versus what you're asking of them from uh, as a company. And then, of course, there's always the X factor of how fans perceive uh, what the company is doing, and of course, what the talent's doing. And then there's always the behind-the-scenes stuff of whether or not a particular talent likes another uh, talent that they're working with in the ring. Um, and some of the most heated rivalries are come from very real situations mm. where the talents don't like each other. Um, but, you know, we're, you know we're, we're walking that line where we want to present something very tough, very physical, but at the same time something safe. Because, look, it's, it's, you want people bringing their children, you want families to come and have a good time, and you don't want anybody going out the door going, what did we just watch? You know, our job is to present the show, uh, no different than me presenting a concert. You know, I don't have to light myself on fire for people to have a good time, although it might <laughs> might be interesting. Um, it's the same thing with wrestling. You've got to learn really where those lines are, and you have to have, you have to understand the, the nuances of every individual talent as far as how they perceive themselves in the business. It can be very complicated, and it takes time to really understand the subtlety of that. Outstanding. Billy, we really appreciate the time this afternoon, Tuesday, January 31st, next week, next Tuesday night, Knoxville Convention Center, NWA is in town. Anything else that we should know, our audience should know, about what you guys are bringing to town next week? Well, uh, real quick, uh, we're going to have uh, a contract signing between what will be the main event in our next pay-per-view, which is Tyrus versus Matt Cardona. 
Cardona, former champion who had to relinquish his title actually in Knoxville because of a, a very serious injury, he tore his bicep. Tyrus is now the champ. Tyrus, 6'7", 375 pounds, no small man. So they'll be doing a contract signing, and I could break a little bit of news, which is both men will be in action uh, that night. We won't just have them signing contracts. They will be working. Uh, and, you know, uh, we'll have uh, the female champ there, Camille, who's been champion for over a year. So uh, we're bringing our best and brightest to Knoxville to make a good show of our, our first live ever uh, television broadcast. Outstanding. Get out there and check them out. Billy, just one last thing to ask you. How did you get the Twitter handle at Billy? Were you, like, first in line <laughs> for that, or did you have to buy it from someone? You know, when I first signed up for Twitter, um, I think they were doing something. I can't remember. You know what it was? Is somebody had somebody had my name. Somebody had at, at Billy Corbin. Yeah. So I asked my management at the time, can you contact Twitter and ask to get my real name? Because obviously whoever has it isn't me. And they were pretending to be me, which was part of it. It wasn't that their name was Billy Corbin. So Twitter came back and said, we don't want to kick this person off their account, even though we recognize it's not you. So we'll give you at Billy in exchange. And I said, okay. And I never in a million years thought it was a big deal, right? So then after I got it, then I started getting all these angry messages from people like, how did you do that? And then and then even better, you're not good enough to be at Billy. Um basically citing other Billies that deserve that Billy. Who, who are the other Billies that they feel should have uh, uh, rights to at Billy? Well, I, I, one that comes to mind was Billy Idol, which I can't argue with. Billy Idol's great. Okay. Um, they felt Billy Idol should have gotten at Billy. Um, you know, there were athletes, you know, um, that were playing professional sports at that time that they thought deserved. Uh, I don't know, you know. I, I always find the world of social media sort of curious, you know, because people get really uptight about these things. And maybe because I grew up in a different generation, I always kind of find it funny. And to this day, people, you know, they scratch their heads and, and think I pulled some sort of trick or weird miracle, but it's actually Twitter's fault. So if Billy Joel calls you up and says, I want to buy at Billy from you, is there a price on that? or? You know, I've never <laughs> met Billy Joel, so <laughs> I think I'd have to talk to Billy Joel first. Um, you know, well, I'm glad you again, got it. Certainly a great, thank you. Certainly a great, you know, uh, certainly a great Billy. I mean, look, there's a lot of Billy Ray Cyrus. I mean, there's lots of great Billy. You know? <laughs> there you go. Achy, breaky heart for sure. All right. Uh, very cool. Well, um, thanks so much for jumping on with us this afternoon. It's been a blast chatting with you. Um, loved your music growing up back in the day. It is so cool to see you involved in, in wrestling and, and not just involved, really involved. And I hope folks will go out there and pack up the convention center for you guys next week. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for your support, and we'll see everybody on Tuesday. Yep. Billy Corgan, owner of NWA, Smashing Pumpkins frontman. How cool was that? It was pretty cool. Not as cool as it would be to go in and, and see Billy just wailing on somebody in a ring. Yeah, we can get you in there. How hilarious would that be? Look, it's Billy Corgan. He's beating that guy's ass. With a steel chair outstanding we got to take a quick break right here it's our final break of the show speak now forever hold your peace 865-546-8200 back to wrap things up right after this fan run radio drive continues so it's freddie king played that song yeah freddie king 
You didn't expect to be talking rock with Billy Corgan right no, off the my bat. Hands, like, no, my, my hands are You got nervous? Shaking. Oh, hell yeah. My hands are don't shaking wanna, here. Don't want to look uncool in front of the rock god? Yeah, and I completely <laughs> brick because I knew it was Freddie King. I'm the one who put it in there. It's a, it's a killer song. It's just got such a cool story behind it. He's, he's a pretty interesting guy, man. Um, I Full disclosure, I, I, I didn't – it's not that I hated Smashing Pumpkins. Far from it. I, I was just kind of like – they were like, eh, not my thing totally uh, in, in high school when that stuff was going on. Was going on. Right. Siamese Dream. I'm and, the same way. Like, Disarm's one of my all-time favorite songs, but I don't think I have any of their records. I, I'll tell you what, when I got into them, was I used to listen to Howard Stern a lot. And Stern would have these crazy elaborate intros to his show every day. It was different every day. Yeah. And... Um, I remember waking up one day at like 6 a.m. and I'm lying in bed, it's darkness, and I guess I had it coming through my phone. And it's uh, he, he just started to show one day with this acoustic guitar and it's playing for like 40 seconds, maybe a minute. And I'm like, wait a minute, I know that song. And it was, uh, it was a recording that they were playing back from Billy Corrigan in studio with them playing that song tonight tonight yeah tonight tonight so bright that like and you know the the song that <clears throat> you're probably all familiar with or if you heard it is sorry i lose my voice here um like it's a huge <clears throat> orchestra song with like strings and horns and stuff like that going on and he does like this acoustic version of it that's yeah freaking incredible and I was like, whoa, that's the Smashing Pumpkins guy. Like, that song is, I always thought it was okay, but, like, that version of it. That's what draws me into bands a lot great. of times. And, uh, and now, of course, you know, like I told him, I listen to, you know, 90s rock on Lithium, on Sirius XM, and hear all those songs, Sherb Rock, and uh, to, Today, um, the song Disarm. Yeah, well, that's, that's one of, I think... Everybody's got every band, every great yeah, band. Hit you deep. That's one. a heavy song, man. Yeah, but get you in your feelings. Yeah, that's hit you in the feels. That's my all-time favorite of his. That, that's a that's a tell everybody be quiet while that song's on kind of song. Go look, uh, go YouTube tonight and and find him playing tonight tonight in studio with Stern. Uh, the only thing we didn't ask him, I wanted to ask him if he if he like crosses a line from like owner writer in you know creative and production in the back if he crosses that line the way the mcmahon family does and he does performs any- a little bit like i bet he'll get on the mic some next week as, as the owner and and perform i don't know that he's going to be you know hitting you with a chair or anything like that well but. no but i mean I, I wonder if he i mean he so many ways he could go imagine billy being like a total heel owner yeah Yes, Marcus. I enjoyed his honestly. Like you could just kind of hear the excitement out of his talk with wrestling too. By he's the way, he's passionate about it. Yeah. He, he does not have to do. And I can't imagine the hours that puts in. And he's going to be here. Yeah, but it's, that's what he. That's like his, laying cables and stuff for the helping set up the ring. It sounds like what I took away from it. He has, you know, the two things he. What he say? He likes he music me, and wrestling. It, yeah, he likes rock and roll and wrestling. Nothing wrong with that. For a child, uh, you know, like I said, he's a few years, a couple of years older than me. And it's pretty much what you had. We had smartphones, we had rock and roll, and we had wrestling. He's a big Cubs fan. 
Friends with Dennis Rodman. Really? Chris Chilios. Bet that would be an interesting night out. Dated uh, Courtney Love and Jessica Simpson. I saw a really funny story last night on uh, some other native Chicagoans, the Murray brothers, Bill and mm-hmm. Brian. They're apparently friends. I guess his name's Mitch Glazer. He's married. Uh, I, I wonder if Nagy knew this. So he's married to the actress that was in Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Kelly, remember that really beautiful blonde that was in Roadhouse that played the doctor? Was she in? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kelly Brooks or something like that. Some. Anyhow, Bill and Brian Doyle Murray, anytime that comes on TV, they immediately text Mitch Glazer and, and lets him know that Patrick Swayze's giving it to his wife. I guess it was funnier when I read it. No, it's something. It's interesting. I, Thank you I, for sharing. I don't know why I did. I just saw it. I'm, delivery wasn't very good on that. I'll give you a quick update, if you don't mind, from a story from yesterday. Very okay. short. The Eminem uh, Let's Talk America uh, has taken the world by storm as other companies are now making fun of them by also updating some of their... Oh, yeah, I saw Weigel's. Weigel's did it. No more udders yeah, on the cow. That, yeah. And then A&W has put pants on their bear. A&W has a bear? Yeah, A&W root bear. Yeah, uh, Rudy the Great Root Bear. Uh they also start the America Let's Talk thing is just is fantastic. But they realized how polarizing it could be a bear without pants, so they put pants on him. Traumatic so man. He's wearing jeans. Every time I see that bear, <laughs> I think bears look funny when they're in jeans. You look funny when you're in jeans. Roger up. is next. What's up, Roger? Uh, well, hey, hey guys, hey Russell Bear, uh, how, how y'all doing tonight? Doing well. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine, doing fine. Thank you, Russell. I'm doing good. Uh, so I was wanting to ask you, or uh, wanting to ask you about the game tonight. Well, actually, first one, ask you about the, but 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 getting a raise, getting a uh, getting a, a contract or getting raised. Uh, are you proud of that, Russell? But 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 Danny White again. I know I know I know Hopper got one, but today this morning I heard he the uh, Danny White got one too. Are you proud of that, Any of that? Yes and no. I mean, it wasn't something that was on my radar that I was anticipating. I mean, the Hypel thing, he had had such a good season. You knew he was going to get a big raise and how much was he going to get and where do you put him in relation to the other coaches in the league and in the country. I don't think anybody thinks about athletics directors like that. I don't think we were ever having the conversation. Like It, it stands to reason that you know Danny White's done a good job. He's going to get a raise and an extension. But I don't think anybody is sitting around going, Man, you know, we got to, Danny White's doing such a good job. We got to make sure, we got to lock him up, you know. We got to make sure that he's getting paid more than Alabama's guy or Florida's guy or or whatever. Like, that's not a conversation that we had. So I didn't really see it coming, but it's not shocking news or anything like that. I, I You know, I, I think more than anything, it just speaks to the fact, Raj, that things are going well for the Vols. And you want to keep them going well, you take care of your guys that are making it go well and hope that they stick around and continue to make things go well. Right, you're right with that, Russell. And Russell, how you think? How you think we're going to do? We're going to do tonight. It's ordered tonight. How you think we're going to? I know we were favored by a lot, but you think we can? You think we cover? Think we? Think we cover it out? How, how you think it going tonight? Tonight. 
I don't think they cover a 16 and a half point spread, Raj. Talked about this earlier. Like, I, I just think that's a big number. I think Tennessee wins. I think they win decisively. I think Georgia is a pretty decent team. I think if uh, their point guard um, gets going tonight, like, I, I think he can keep them in it. But if, if uh, Zakai can kind of lock him up and uh, keep him in check, I want to call the guy Terry Porter. It's not Terry Porter. That guy played for the. Blazers, right? Back in the day. Believe so. Terry Roberts is uh this guy's name. He averages sixteen points a game, man. He's a nice player. Like so we're gonna have to yeah. gonna have to deal with him, but if they can do that, I don't see Georgia posing too many problems for Tennessee tonight, but can't take it for granted. Uh, that's right, you're right. You can't. You're right, you gotta play you know, they're not you put the win. You, you, you gotta play a game, you gotta play a game, right? You can't play a game and everything, so yeah, hopefully continue. You know, Haji, Haji earlier said kind of a look-ahead game with with Texas coming in. Oh gosh, I hope not. I know. Hold on, hold on, either Bear. Yeah, I know. So, so I guess we'll see. y'all have a good night. You too, Rog. Thanks, Roger. Bye, bye. See you, man. Folks, that's going to do it for us. We're back tomorrow. Burt Bertelkamp joins the show in the first hour. Be sure to tune in for that. For Bear and Marcus, I'm Russell Smith. Overtime, headed your way next right here on Fan Run Radio.